G'day, so we're further exploring the transitioning to what be a what would be a post-consumer world. In today's episode, we are going to look at a zero growth world and where growth comes from in a zero growth world. And so through questioning, say, the transitioning to what would be post-consumer, if we can frame it along these lines, and we're really exploring the nature of change um, and the way how that, that that change has to grow over time, and so ultimately look at the transitioning period or the straddling of the divide to then look at it, drill it down into the practicalities of, say, enterprise or business, and so therefore look at it from the aspect of, of zero growth. Because if you walk, look at it from zero growth, it forces you to think outside the box of growth, the paradigm of, and you only have to, we're all familiar with the proxies of growth that, you know, the increasing of GDP or GNP, growth of the bottom line of a business, growth of subscriptions, if you're a content creator, followers, whatever the case may be, growth mindset that relates to having a mindset that is conducive towards flourishing, we could say. It's not necessarily flourishing, but this is essentially what we're going to explore when we're looking at zero growth. And so in this way, uh, we're going to look at um, not only where it comes from, so the spatial orientation, we could say where it draws um, growth from to make a divergence sustainable, but then in turn, What is the actual thing that needs to grow in order for that to occur? So it's kind of the question is coupled with two prongs, we could say. So what we need to explore when we're looking at, you know, where does growth come from in a zero growth world is to look at the the what is the growth and ultimately where it comes from. So let's explore um, the nature of what is what is the actual thing that needs to grow. So if we think that the paradigm is commerce and we are oriented, if our world is commercial, which obviously no doubt is, there's no argument made there, then we've got to understand the nature of what is enterprise. So enterprise, if you're looking at competition or competing for the end market, you're competing for well, customers, aren't you? So if you're competing for customers, it's the customer is in reference to the agency that we're credited. So therefore, the relationality of that. So when you're looking at um, growing a business that's beyond the that's post-consumer, as I always say, you, you have to have you cannot be sold on a customer-first orientation. But the only way that you can be not be sold on a customer first orientation is that you obviously cannot be sold on the consumer first because all businesses are sold on the consumer in a vertical so if you were to no longer be sold on the consumer ultimately the business um, the business is positioning themselves outside the jostling of the want of that vertical and so therefore the singular competitive strength of the business is not beholden to it and so that can only occur as i always explain through an ecosystem of mutual concern where ultimately what you are orientated towards is a civilizational enterprise so the civilizational enterprise is that how do you make a civilizational enterprise sustainable 
Uh, and the, what is the nature of the civilizational enterprise? So the civilizational enterprise is to unmarket life. To unmarket life is to understand well, what's the ultimate product that our economy produces. Now, if you are, have a customer-first orientation, you are not going to give any due consideration to the consumer because you're sold on the consumer. And so you don't question the production process of the consumer and so ultimately what is externalised for that production. But if you are engaged from being, say, a social enterprise to a civilizational enterprise, then you're going to look at what is externalised to have the relationality reduced to the want of that specific vertical to position yourself outside is to position yourself outside or what is externalized so that is creativity because a consumer is only credited want all right so and that becomes a singular competitive strength when you have businesses that are cooperating on what is otherwise externalized because if you can potentialize the relationality from want to creativity then ultimately what you are doing is that you're trying to do justice to a person because you're not framing you know the, the going concern of what you do in reference to to the way how that you manage people so you only have to look at the way our businesses manages their customer base to understand that what's antecedent to that is a way how that we're managed to be consumers of life and not life's co-creators so you're ultimately addressing the opportunity cost of economizing actions and as i say so you have to understand the way how you produce yourself to understand that what you externalize, the potential of that in reference to what is a civilizational enterprise. So if you understand that, then you understand that the growth is in the relationality, is found in the relationality in a zero growth world. Because if you can grow the relationality beyond the reductionism of want, then what you're doing is that you're making your business sustainable in reference to the creativity that is animated. So if you are unmarketing the means utilized to produce the form of life, then you're not you're not sold on a customer first orientation because you're not sold on the consumer. And so you're ultimately engaged in a way of creating a way of life that diverges from a civilizational paradigm. That's why it's a civilizational enterprise. And so those verticals that you would otherwise be engaged in, you've got to think of the lateral diffusion of creativity when you're addressing a person as a person. So I always frame this along the lines of what's the progression of the way how change occurs? So you're looking at the conversation that front runs anything. So you're looking at the product return of the consumer that gives notice to put on notice. You're looking at the off messages of post-consumer branding because how can you brand post the consumer's redundancy? It doesn't make any sense. It only makes sense in reference to the transitioning when you realize that in order to make your business sustainable, you have to potentialize the relationality beyond want. That is why you have to fund the relation beyond the reduction and so engage people in a conversation that we're not having that is singular. All right, so you don't have to market, um, um, you don't have to market values to generate a diminishing return on the form of life because you're addressing the principal value 
that's attributed to time or that time is a value. So you're addressing through people's roles the way how they produce themselves. So if a person becomes loyal to a civilizational enterprise, it's not reducible to the agency that they're credited, which is their demand. You're looking at ultimately how people can command. So people can command through their roles that would otherwise be tethered to the want of a customer because because the business is sold on a consumer because they have a customer first orientation but if they're engaged in potentializing what they do beyond that tethering then they're looking at the way how they can animate a creativity through their roles so therefore the role does no longer become the singular vehicle or the the individualization of time or the way that we acquit ourselves of that claim that's made on time the civilizational enterprise becomes a collective uh, vehicle for a common releasement or a common surpassing so in in this way that the relationality is the determining factor for the going concern of an individual business but that going concern of the individual business is in reference to all the businesses that are engaged in potentializing the relationality of say the end market that would otherwise be the consumer all right so because if you do that then what you're potentializing the value adds in reference to the verticals all right why is that important well if you have to potentialize a conversation to have a retail ecosystem first to potentialize the value adds in reference to an economy and that through the the potentializing of the value adds you are grounding a world like literally to the earth all right, so you've got to look at the progression of this thing. So I always talk about that the way how you do this is through that civilizational conversation that you're having in place, the way how events become signs of a divergence, the way how you have to work for enterprise good in order for you to make an exception to compensation to potentialize based the, um, the goodwill that you would otherwise attribute to your employer to then potentialize the whole ecosystem because you're looking at you are no longer using a credit you are not the originator of you are the originator of a credit but that credit is originated to be annulled it's given as a binary but through doing that you are potentializing the whole ecosystem through the goodwill of your act through the exception that you make because the annulment is given within the eco the retail ecosystem of what would otherwise be points of sale they become points of annulment and so therefore what you are doing is that you are threading the goodwill that you would otherwise attribute to employer when you're waiting for remittance you've got to think that you are earning money you would be in that case so if you're earning money you know you get paid every two weeks you work and then you get paid post it's after the fact so you are, there is a goodwill associated with that that we don't really give due consideration to. But when you forego compensation, this will seem ridiculous, then ultimately you're potentializing that goodwill that potentializes the whole ecosystem where that credit gets annulled. The credit that gets annulled is, is a sign to other people that are working within the ecosystem because if say you go to a cafe and that cafe is not owned by enterprise good is still owned by a proprietor the people that in that cafe have the same goodwill they extend to their employer in that regards the only difference here is because they don't work for enterprise good they cannot forego compensation in the way that you would if you work for enterprise good but they still have goodwill 
that potential that is potentialized through the annulment of credit because if they are orientated let's say towards ennobling what they do beyond the want that is otherwise tethered to when a person is given goes and has made an exception of compensation has potentialized the ecosystem and has gone to say a cafe to, to actually have a meal and they go to pay and there's and then through the what the the architecture that you set up that annuls credit what you're doing is that that, that credit is always internal to the ecosystem because it's you're ultimately dealing with the way how that you remove the proxy to goodwill, which is essentially what money is. But in the case of a point for a person that's working for that cafe, well, there, there's no customer in that case, is there? Because they haven't paid, all right? So that what happens is that the goodwill that would otherwise... You know, if you think that in order for you to seek remittance or compensation for what you do, it's pre what is contingent. Well, is obviously other is people paying, but in the context of say going to the point of sale and the annulment of credit occurring, and so it's no longer a point of sale. That means that that goodwill that would otherwise go towards the um, employer is is actually threaded through the, the, the gratitude that the person has when the annulment of credit occurs and then that, that goodwill is held out as a remainder of the act, of the original act of the person making an exception to compensation and for that credit to be annulled. So it's held out as a thread. What is that thread? Well, the way how you look at this is that if you're looking at the turns and the way how I describe this is that you know, the individual turn that a person takes, you just take a day as being the, the, the turn. And it doesn't matter what you do as far as the monetary compensation to it, the turns are exactly the same because the, the cost of your turn is individualized, but it's in reference to the want that you're credited. All right. And that, so you're looking at the, we're, we're orientating towards necessity. We're not looking at the way how an ecosystem, a retail ecosystem, potentializes an economy to become a world where you're monetizing existence. So you're monetizing want. So the way how that you can induce want. You're looking at the bare necessities. So therefore, you're looking at in the context of, of that person making an exception to compensation and the annulment of a credit occurring and the way how that threads of goodwill of, say, that cafe, all the people within that cafe in that instance, they see something that's evidenced through that, that person because that person is before profit because there's no profit margin in reference to their being there. All right, so the person has not been absent. This is the way how you bring people before profit. Okay, so you've got to understand the way how you people bring people before profit is got to do with the issue of goodwill. That's why you have to, you know, dispose of the asset of culture to animate goodwill off the balance sheet of a business because that's what potentializes the relationality. The relationality in the context of the annulment of credit is being witnessed. When it's being witnessed, price that it would otherwise be a signal for rationing is made redundant because then the person at say that would serve them that is at the point of what would otherwise be the point of sale evidences something and that and they can communicate that to other people because you've got to think of the nature of the exception they know what's occurring so the case in point if you're looking at well you know, to fund the relation beyond the reduction is something that is given by that the business will take that. They take that up. But when you're developing the um, the architecture for the annulment of credit, it's removed out of the hands of the actual business. So what you're doing is that you're looking at the capability that you can you can build 
and the permeability of the business in reference to the civilizational enterprise. The civilizational enterprise is to unmarket life. So when a person is no longer accepting the drift, uh, the claim made on their time, all right, you, you cannot clear the, the consumer that they are because they're not a consumer. They have, may have consumed a meal, but they're not a consumer. The consumer is not reducible to the agency that we're credited, as I always say, it's transcendent to that. So therefore, the, the, if they haven't, if their time is no longer a means to produce that form of life, it fails, in that, and that's the way how it becomes redundant. You've got to think of the iteration of the process that occurs beyond the instance of it, because what is held out, the threads of that um, goodwill, well, that, that's the way you, you weave that into events. So let's say, I'll give you a classic example, that if you have people that make an exception to compensation because they work for Enterprise Good, you can have people that, that th there will be events given for these people and those people alone. Why? Because there is always a credit that's beyond the annulment of credit. All right? Because if you think that that uh, an event a celebration whatever the however you want to think of the way how it would be what you're doing is that you, they are separating themselves and you have to basically do justice to that so when you are doing justice to the person in the context of of the annulment of credit because they're brought to the fore the the, the businesses facilitate that but the whole ecosystem has facilitated it and if so if they are making that if they are practicing all right, if they are initiate, which is they, they are, and they've demonstrated that through their actions, through foregoing compensation, so not being paid, all right, they, that means to say that you're crediting them beyond the want. So therefore, any event that would be held within that ecosystem, you could have ones that are designed specifically for these people. You, you, what you're doing is that you are, they are the epitome of the culture. All right, so therefore you have to celebrate these people. So depending on how many you have and the way how you do it, they are the embodiment of culture. How? Well, you're disposing of culture of the asset and they have taken up the provocation. All right, they're no longer sold on the consumer. They, they, the product return of the consumer, they are engaging in returning themselves as the product that they're sold as. The economy produces a form of life of the consumer to substantiate the way things are given. Right, so the relationality is the determining factor for this, the reduced cost of mainta maintaining want. And so therefore, this necessitates the potentializing of value adds. But where does growth come from? So if growth comes com from the re relationality and you're looking at a singular competitive strength, well, it, growth to potentialize what the civilizational enterprise is. It's got to come from somewhere, would it not? Because you've got to think all these businesses that are engaged in a civilizational enterprise are still engaged in verticals, okay, within the economy. You have to say, obviously. So they still compete, you know, in verticals as much as that they're transcendent to that because they're dealing with the ultimate product that all businesses are sold on. And you'd have to say yes, so in that case, the growth comes from the failing paradigm, comes from these businesses that can't make a transition to, to make their enterprise civilizational, okay? If you think of that, let's say, let's say you have a situation where you know, you know you're a consumer, you know you're a consumer, but now you're aware that you have businesses that are working within a specific vertical that ennoble people, all right, and not only do they, they, it's not bullshit, okay? They, they, this thing is beyond the the way how that you leverage 
people for the diminishing returns on the form of life of the consumer. You've got to look at what you are addressing. You're addressing the principal value of time reduced you know, into a value or the way how that we equivocate it as such. So therefore, any values like social justice, justice is a classic example. How can you have a, a social justice when there is no room for any existential integrity? Because in order for you to actually live life, you have to use a credit you are not the originators of. How can you do justice to being born? You cannot because you're derivative. You are forever beholden. You become a financial instrument. All right. So it's impossible. So any social justice in inverted commas precludes the justice as the existential that it is justice is an existential it's not just social so when you're looking at that there's nothing that you if you realize and you have this iteration of the process so and these people create events a potentializing place for the events that they give it and it's not for everyone You've got to realize it's not for everyone. It's not a universal claim. It's for a people. It's for a people that embody a culture. And the culture is about ennobling people, putting people before profit. You always hear that platitude that is uttered, but people don't have any understanding of how do you do that. All right? When we presuppose human action can be reduced into economizing actions and we feel there's no opportunity cost to it. You have to understand the way how you produce yourself as a consumer, the opportunity cost of our economizing actions. If you understand that, then all costs are reducible to that one cost, the opportunity cost of our economizing actions because you ultimately are outsourcing or absencing creativity to be credited a want. And so therefore that want can be monetized. So if you have... A competitive strength that is not reducible to, to the vertical, but is transcendent and is ennobling people. Are people going to be loyal to, to businesses that just want to monetize their existence? Just see them as profit centers. Because what you're gonna you're gonna be what, what you're gonna do in that case, you're gonna reveal the cynicism of all marketing. Cause marketing, social fucking enterprise, all that shit. You just all triple bottom line, all of that stakeholder fucking capitalism because you're the product you have to understand the way how you produce you so if you're engaging in that com that conversation like i said the product return of the consumer and the, and the, the the civilizational enterprise enterprise good is the one that is seeded the idea developed it engaging in you and the conversation ennobling people through the e ecosystem are you going to be loyal where's your loyalty going to lie if what they have evidence, what the people have evidence is literally their overcoming of them being given as a consumer. So you can be sold on the consumer and that's the thing. You can, of course you can. So you can just think, oh, I don't give a fucking shit about that. And a lot of people will. But there'll be other people that, are, are, if you're talking about awareness, consciousness, conscious consumption, conscious consumption is always held in reference, in check to the agency that we're credited to be conscious so if we're conscious of negative externalities that relate to the production of goods and services, what's the next step? The negative externalities that comes to the way how we produce ourselves as consumers. That's just a natural progression. You can see that. It's a trend. It's a trend, but it's not because it's a step change because you cannot because you break everything when you do this. You break. Why? Because it's the dealing with the principle uh, opportunity cost, which is economizing actions. All business is based upon absence in creativity. Right? You've got to think of that. 
So when you are looking at that is an orientation, but the orientation requires a step change, and yet the step is what? Well, if there's only one enterprise and it's a singular enterprise, and that they've got one business, they've got businesses that are in, working in that vertical. All right, that are, are, are potentializing the coherence of a civilizational enterprise, and people understand that. And what they understand is that there's something occurring within their place that is creating life. You maybe they hear it through other people. Maybe maybe they want. Maybe they are conscious enough or want to work for for or give meaning to what they do beyond you know the lifetime value of them give, being a consumer. In that way, they're going to shift. Now, if they're going to shift, that means what that business that would otherwise say have their have their business no longer has it. So the growth comes from those those failing businesses because they have to make a shift and they can't because it's blocked. And the reason why it's blocked is because it's a singular enterprise, and there's only one basically uh, organization that is created. It's created. It's one one organization. You cannot take the piss out of it. That's why I, I always say this. That's why I created it. I know that this it's defensive because I know the cynicism of fucking people. I know the way how it can be exploited and I don't want it exploited. And so that's the reason why I created it. So if you're looking at it along those lines, think of it. How is it a business realizes when the paradigm is shifted under their feet? All right. The jostling for the want that you're credited is not good enough. People are no longer sold on the consumer. They want to be life's co-created and they want to be engaged in a way that does justice to them as people. If you are only a, a customer, how can you do justice to a person? They will, what they'll do, well, they'll wrap they'll wrap, wrap all the narrative around you to give the pretense, but it's just a big, it's bullshit. It's just a fucking crock of shit or marketing is because all it's doing is it's supplementing it. It's supplementing it to the, the agency that you're credited as a consumer. So it doesn't matter about what it is. You cannot get around that because they're sold on the consumer because they have a customer first orientation. That's it. That's that's the that's the paradigm. That's the break. All right. So when you think of that, where does growth come from? It comes from the relationality and it comes from the failing businesses within specific verticals where businesses are engaged in a civilizational enterprise and so belong to enterprise good. And if you do that in different places around the world, as I always say, that you are creating a civilizational enterprise that is beyond the buyer's journey. As I always say, it's a walkabout. So it's an initiation of the way how that you are engaging in a bias journey has been a bias journey has been set for life when there's a totalizing claim made on your temporality because you cannot spend your time and is it being any less the economic good or the means utilized to produce a form of life as I always say so when you are addressing that through your roles your role is no longer the individual uh, vehicle for the acquittal that's made on time you're orientated towards a collective vehicle which means to say that you start to embody an ethos or a culture you become as a people and through becoming as a people you become you have the ability to express the your indivisible self or the singular self and not an individualized self which is just you know an individualized self is bound together through the bias journey set and so if you think if you think of that way think through the impossibility of zero growth and it, what it does is it puts it outside economics because 
if you're not monetizing want or the relationality, the growth is and the but the growth is found in the relationality. It's cultural. That's all it is. This is the way how that you, if you think, I always say that, you know, our commercial paradigm removes culture because the relationality is reduced to want. Because where, why? Well, culture is an asset. It's on a balance sheet. It's been monetized. Just think of that. Think of all these things. And then you'll think, you'll understand that what we are setting in train is a way of this potentializing change, but looking at it in the practicalities of your existence. It's not fucking fluffy. It might be idealistic, but you're drilling it down into practicalities of your everydayness. And as I say, you have to understand the way you produce yourself in order to be engaged in this shit. That's why it requires a conversation. So I've created a discord. If anybody was to be engaged in, wanted to be engaged in this questioning, maybe I don't explain myself. So it's this enterprise good. You can go fucking check it out. Anyway, cheers.